Welcome to episode number 48 of the Runners of Hue podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Odie. Today's guest is Jay Perkins, a.k.a. Shirtless Jay. A fixture on the Houston running scene, Jay moved to Houston in 1998, but didn't really get into running until 2015. Now the co-captain of Black Men Run Houston, Jay has run multiple halves, one full, and is plotting his return to marathoning. Listen in as we talk through how Jay got started, what running has looked for him, looked like for him over the last couple years, and what he sees in his future. Hope you all enjoy this episode. All right, Jay, thank you so much for being here with me tonight. Why don't we jump right in? Please tell everybody who you are, what you do, and where in the Houston area you live. Um, Well, first, I'd like to thank you for having me on the podcast. Uh, My name, my real name is Jacoby Perkins. Um, I'm in the Houston metro area, so inside the loop. And I actually work for the city, um, and I do fleet maintenance. So if you see a city vehicle, that has a city logo on it. Ten times in one, it comes through my shop, and I maintain those vehicles, police cars, uh, fire trucks, ambulances, anything that the city owns as far as vehicles go. Um, they come through my shop, and we just maintain them, make sure that they're safe to drive, and they can go out and do their jobs. Okay. So where did you grow up? Are you from Houston? So I'm, I was actually born in Denver. Okay. Um, so... West Coast. Um, I moved here in 98. Mm-hmm. So I've been here all my life. Um, there has been some other places where I've lived. I've lived in California. I've lived in Georgia. But those were like for, you know, other circumstances. Uh, one was the military. I was in Georgia for the military. And then in California, I was there to play ball. So I've kind of been all over the place. But Houston is home. Love Houston. And I've been here ever since uh, 98. Okay. Well, so growing up, um, wherever you happen to be at the time, did you play sports? Uh, when did you, how did you get into running? So growing up, I did play sports. Um, I was fortunate to be the only tallest guy <laughs> in all of my sports. Uh, so I played football, I played basketball, I played ice hockey. Um, you name it, I, I've played it. The only thing that I really wasn't into was uh, football. Because okay. I basketball had my heart, so mm-hmm. I focused mostly on that. And uh, so, you know, physical exercise has always been something that I've been into. Even you know, being into the mil- going into the military, you know, being in the military, you always had to run. So, mm-hmm. you know, there was always some type of running nature. But um, I really didn't get into running until about 2015, 2016. Yeah. Okay. So right how did that, that. how did that start for you then? Um, honest truth. Um, I was killing myself. Um, you know, we're required to go to the doctor, uh, every year through the city. Um, and so I went to the doctor, um, and he was like, Hey man, you keep doing what you're doing. You're not going to live to see 50. And I was, you know, that was a real eye opener for me. Um, and I was like, you know, I need to make a change. And, and this happened, you know, right after the military. This happened after all the sports and whatnot. I got out in 2014. And when I got out, nobody was telling me I had to run. So I was like, the hell with running. I'm not running no more. And then with me not running anymore or not being physical, I was still going to the gym, but I wasn't running. Mm-hmm. So I would go and work out and lift and, you know, be physical in the gym. But I stopped running altogether. And so that's how I got fat. Just honest truth. I got fat and my doctors told me straight up, look, you don't change your habits. You're not going to see 50. So I was pre-diabetic. I had pre uh, hypertension, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. I mean, you name it. I was just, I was out of there. And so, um, yeah, I made that, that lifestyle change in 2015, um, started slowly back running and to this day, I remember my first mile. My first mile was like a 17-minute pace. And I'm like, there's, you know, people power walking in the mall faster than this. <laughs> I got to get my stuff together. So, you know, 2015 is when it really dawned on me that, you know, running is going to help me get where I need to be. Okay. Well, and so what did that look like for you? How did you go from not running at all and then doing a 17-minute mile to 
to being like, what really, like, did you find a training plan on the internet? Did you join a group? What did that look like for you? So, um, some friends that I work with, they were all, well, not all runners, but some of them were runners. Mm -hmm. Um, and this young lady name is Julie. She's in her 50, 55. And she was like, Hey, you know, I see you told me you're getting into running. Why don't you run a race? I'm like, run a race. I didn't even know what the hell races were. I'm like, run a race. (laughs) Okay. And she suggested me to do, uh, the toughest ting, uh, 10k Kima. If you've ran the toughest 10K Kima, you know it's a bridge. Oh, no. And I'm like, why am I doing this for my first race? But that's what she told me to do. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And so um, she's the one that got me started into, like, into the racing. But I trained up to that that 10K. So right when right around that time that I went to the doctor, like, three months later, the toughest 10K was right there. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. Can you give me a suggestion? You know, how do I train for this? What do I do? And she was just like, look, this is what I use. And she uh, was out of a wild pair out in Pearland. Okay. And so she she was running with them and trained with them and has training programs. So she just gave me a, a training program from them. It was like, hey, follow this. Don't worry about your pace. Don't worry about trying to go out there and run all fast, yada, yada, yada. Like, all right, cool. So I followed that, and then I did my first race, and that was the the toughest 10K Kima, which absolutely sucked <laughs> because it was it was 90 degrees oh. at seven o'clock. They had just sprayed mosquito repellent because you're by the water. Oh no! So literally, the mosquito truck was literally on the course before we started, and I'm thinking I just got to cross over this bridge one time. I'm thinking I'm about to go into the finish line. And it's like, nope, you got to turn around and hit that bridge again. So I ran over that bridge twice on my very first race. Uh-huh. And when I got done, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this again. But Just you know, that didn't happen. <laughs> well, no, you ran another <laughs> toughest 10K in Galveston a month later. Yep. I, run, I ran the toughest 10K in Galveston. Again, terrible weather conditions. <laughs> I mean, it was October, yeah. 25 mile an hour winds. Ooh. It just rained the day. It rained the day before or the night before, so it was muggy again. And you know, if you've been to the coast, it's always muggy anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that that one was. It was fun to come back because the the headwind would. Well, we had headwind on the way back in. Okay. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I got was me a little a, push. On was the way it in. a bridge too or no? Was it that yeah, bridge? It was, bridge. it was a Galveston bridge. Okay. So is that the thing with the toughest 10K races is they do them on bridges? Yeah. I've never so heard it's, of those. It's a three-part series. Okay. You have uh, two 10Ks and then a half marathon. And so the next race in that series was the half marathon at Laporte. So I ran the Laporte oh. bridge too. I Okay, well, so, but before you did that, though, so you ran the toughest 10K in Galveston, and then a week later, you ran the Houston half here. Yeah. So that was your first half. So you went 10K, 10K, half marathon in the span of five weeks, six weeks? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I really got that bug at the toughest 10K at at Kima. It was just like, man, this this is pretty dope. This is fun. You know, there's other people that I know that are running now. Mm-hmm. Let's, it, it, that, that bug literally hit me at that 10K. I just started signing up for everything. I was like, oh, this race <laughs> coming up? Look, I'll, I'll sign up for that one too. Oh, uh, half marathon? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> so, I mean, 10Ks is one thing, but heading into a half marathon, well, you said you were running with Wild Pair. So, like, was there like a real training plan or were you just kind of out there running whatever you felt like on the day? Um, after that first 10 K, I didn't have any training plan. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, you know, run every other day, cross train the days that I weren't running. Um, cause remind you, you know, I was still training before I even got into this whole running thing. Mm-hmm. So I was still in the gym. And then what I did is ended up researching and, and realizing, you know, runners still got to cross train cause that's how we get stronger. Right. And so I started doing some cross-training exercises and some small little weightlifting stuff to kind of help me with my running technique, which mm-hmm. was terrible. Um, <laughs> it, if you saw any pictures, 
I was crooked is uh, it was just a mess. I don't even know how I, how I did that half marathon, but um, there was no training plan up to that half. I was just like, screw it. I'm going to run it. <laughs> okay. Well then, so what was, well, do you remember heading into your first half marathon, what your longest run was? Um, Had you done double maybe. digits? No. Okay. Did not do double digits. I think the longest run I did before that half was like eight miles. <laughs> and I mean, it, it, you still got however many miles to go. And it's, <laughs> you know, a, a half, it, it's 13 miles as far. Right. Oh, for sure. <laughs> From eight. <laughs> Well, the first time I did a half, I was in the same boat. I think I had a couple months to get ready for it. And my longest drive was just like, eh, whatever, it's fine. I was a collegiate athlete, whatever. And this was, you know, like, I don't know, five, ten years after I graduated college. Uh, and my longest run heading into it was six miles. Oh, so, yeah, same. Same boat. Same scenario, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> we survived. We survived. It worked out. So... So then you do get to Laporte. So if that's the continuation of the toughest 10K, that means it was also on a bridge? I've never been to Laporte, I don't think. Yeah. So the, the Laporte Bridge um, is going off of 225. Don't quote me on that. I think it's 225. <laughs> but they start in Laporte, like Sylvan Beach area. So you literally start close to the beach, and then you run over the bridge to the marina that's on the other side of the bay. Okay. And then you turn around. So what sucks about that race, it's a it's a fabulous race. Uh-huh. You know, shout out to Laporte. They do an awesome job. But the on the on the return back, it's it just it eats you up because you've done ran seven and a half and some change, and now you have to cross back over the bridge, oh. which the cross back over is even steeper than the gradual incline going out to the marina. Okay. So when you turn around, you've already hit seven and a half, and now you got to go back over this bridge and then go back down the bridge. It just tears your quads up Rude. the whole well, way in. And I think people, I mean, this is Houston, so if you've never run hills, people don't understand how hard that is. The oh, downhill, yeah. how hard the downhill is. Yeah, because you, it, you have to control your legs. Right. And not give you give out your legs too quickly, right? Because then you're off your pace, and then your gait is. Oh well, yeah, extra if you stride, you can open up your stride and let go down that hill. That's great. But as soon as you hit the bottom, you come to a hard stop. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it will it will tear your legs up. So the the return was just terrible. It it, it hurt. <laughs> so I mean, you've done some other half marathons. What was the Texas marathon where it looks like you ran a half on January 1st? Where is that? So Texas marathon is in the, in Kingwood close okay. to uh, Lake Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a beautiful route. It's just a down and back twi- uh, four times, I believe. And I think the down and back for the full marathon is eight times or something like that. Um, and that was January 1st. I didn't do absolutely anything for New Year's. I was like, <laughs> I'm hitting I'm hitting the ground running. Let's do it. Um, one thing that I remember about that race was I was fighting an injury. Mm-hmm. I had runner's knee. Okay. I don't stretch. You know, runners <laughs> don't stretch. We, we never stretch. It's true. <laughs> and I had runner's knee at the time. And that race, it, w- it was cold. You know, January, you don't never know what you're going to get in, in, in Texas. So it right. was cold. It rained two days before. So the course was muddy yeah. and it was wet. Um, but that's actually where I met uh, Terry at. Okay. I met Terry at the Texas Marathon because he was flying by me on the full <laughs> marathon. And I'm like, man, who is this dude in this pink shirt, man? This dude is killing it. And we had actually uh, ran into each other after he had finished at the Texas Marathon. Okay. That's actually where I met Terry at. Very, well, and so is that – so you met him there, and now it's January 1st, 2019. When – and this is maybe skipping ahead because I don't know the timeline. When did you get involved with Black Men Run Houston? I want to say a couple months after that. Okay. Um, I had found them on Instagram and Facebook, and um, I remember seeing Terry – and he's, you know, he was the captain at that time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just hit him up on Instagram and said, hey, you know, I saw you at the Texas Marathon. I want to get involved. 
you know, um, I like what you guys are doing. Um, I'm biracial, so my mom is white, my dad's black. So, you know, I've been in all avenues of both sides. Mm -hmm. And, you know, growing up in a predominantly black neighborhood, it, I've, I was drawn to that type of atmosphere and that type of group. Mm -hmm. So I hit him up and was like, hey, you know, I want to get involved. What's going on? And he was like, yeah, we meet at Memorial Park. Come out. And, you know, from there, it was just an instant connection with him and the group. And um, we've been, you know, I've been running with them ever since. And then shortly after, I want to say about a year and a half, I don't really know. Um, that's when I became a co-captain of Black Men Run. And shortly after, about, I want to say about a year, year and a half. Terry probably has it written down somewhere. So, <laughs> but I, I don't have, I don't have the dates. <laughs> um, and so y'all meet every Saturday at Memorial Park? Yeah, so... Um, most of the time it's at Memorial Park. It's a central location for everybody to okay. come out. Everybody mm -hmm. knows Memorial Park. You know, if you're a runner, if you're even if you're not a runner, right. everybody knows Memorial Park. And it's central. So it's it's in the middle of Houston. So it gives an opportunity for people that are on the north side to come down. And it gives an opportunity for the people that are on the south side mm -hmm. to come up and all, you know, fellowship and go running. And, and, and it's easy. You know, instead of trying to find other routes, which we do, it's not always at Memorial Park. Right. You know, we, we do Terry Hershey, we'll go out to Herman, we'll go to different locations, but just having a central location that's easy is just easiest for us on Saturdays. Okay. About how many people are with you guys every week, roughly? Um, we have a good solid 12 to 15 that are there every Saturday. Of course, uh, our, our group is a little bit bigger, you know, on social media. Right. Not everybody can make it out, you know, on Saturdays and whatnot, but... We have a solid 12 to 15 that come out every Saturday, regardless if we're running three or 10 or however many uh, we decide for that weekend. We have a solid group that comes out. Nice. And do y'all, like, do you plan to run races together or is it really just more about the weekly run? Um, it's funny that you asked that because we have one of our first brothers, uh, Tony, going to run his first half at Woodlands. Oh, nice. So we did a 10 miler at Terry Hershey last week. Um, and so to answer your question, yes, you know, we do train for, you know, certain races. If there's a brother, Hey, I'm going to run Austin or I'm going to run Woodlands mm -hmm. or Chicago or, or Boston or whatever the case may be. We, we tend to kind of uh, tailor to that one individual or the group that's running those races. Mm -hmm. um, that way we give them a little bit motiv more motivation to continue to train because You've trained for a half and, and a full, and if you're training for a full, it can get lonely if you don't have a, a, a group of people with you. So, um, yeah, we tailor to those that are out there trying to race. Okay. So, back into your running exploits. Oh, this... Well, you're from... So, maybe this is you, because athletes can be picky when you're trying mm -hmm. to find events, did you run something called the Hoppin' Half in Colorado? <laughs> and why did you run two races in one day? It looks like a 5K and a 10 mile. Oh, man. So um, I was there on vacation. Okay. And, again, that bug was still with me. And I'm <laughs> like, hey, there's a race while I'm there. <laughs> Let's go ahead and sign up. Um. So that's the reason why I ran that race, okay. which it was one of the worst races I've ever ran. Well, were and you in Denver? <laughs> it, it was in Denver. So you were at altitude. I was in altitude, but it, it wasn't even the altitude that was the worst part. It was it was bad because there was no markings for the course. Oh. And we ran through a construction zone. <gasps> oh, no. L literally a construction zone. And then at the very end of, and, and it, I believe it was a one miler and, and a 10 miler, if I'm oh, not okay. mistaken, but I had got third in the miler. And then right after that was the 10 miler. So it wasn't, oh, you're going to run the mile on Friday and run right. a 10 mile on Saturday. Right. It was, no, you're going to back to back haul tail on that mile, but then go run 10 miles. And so the 10 mile course was, it was, it was bad. And then they forgot all the race shirts. They didn't have no medals. It what? was like, it was like, we just was out there as a big group, just running. That's crazy. And 
it was a big, big fiasco after because people, you know, paid their money. Right. And they're, you know, they're expecting, you know, a shirt, you know, some type of, you know, post-race party or nutrition or something. Right. And it was like, here's the start line. Here's the finish line. Go. Oh, no. And we're like. Wait, what? What? <laughs> I've never been so mad as when I ran a 25k race. It was the longest I'd ever run in my life. And I got done and there was no finisher medal. <laughs> it's <laughs> discouraging, right? Which is, which is <laughs> dumb because like I get not having medals for 5k's, but I was mad when they didn't have one of the 25k. I was like, "Look, I don't run oh, this far." Uh, yeah, for sure. I'd be mad too. <laughs> so Houston half again. In 2019. Now, was that when you were an ambassador for them, or was it the year before? Yes. What was that like? Was What's it. their What was their program like? So uh, the Houston half. That was the very first year that they did run ambassadors. Okay. Um. So you know everything was still open, everything was still <laughs> pre-COVID, right? And so it, it was it was awesome. It was a good time. Um, all the race ambassadors were from different areas of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to go and do uh, race events, not race events, like uh, beer events, run events, 5Ks um, across the whole city. So we weren't tailored to just like Houston. We went okay. to Cyprus. Um, we did a couple here in Houston. We went down south to Pearland. So it was honestly, um, it was a good experience. Um, you know, the the swag was good. It was their first year doing it, but it was it was organized. That's good. And we ha- we had a plan, so we was like, okay, two weeks we're gonna go over here, and two more weeks we're gonna go over here, and okay. two more weeks we're gonna go over here, and it led up to the Houston half, which I love the Houston half. That's one of my favorite races. I mean, I run that course all the time, but right. it's just something about that race that I like. It's just I, I guess it's because it's on Memorial and Allen and all that, but. Right. Um, so it was a good time. It was, um, it, it, it was just in, in the, the ambassadors that were with me, I already knew some of them. Okay. So that made it even more fun. I do love that race. Um, I think, and if I say this, it may never happen again, but usually the weather <laughs> like this year, it was like what? Yeah. 43 degrees outside. I yeah. was cold. Was I mean, before was- the start, but after the start, I was fine. Yeah, it was, so it was nice. perfect weather. Yeah. It was perfect weather. Now, I was there one year when it had to delay. I think this was probably before you even started running. They delayed one year because of rain. Like, they, uh, the start was an hour delayed. And then one year, they actually had to cancel it because of a flood. But usually, well, so when I moved yeah. to Houston, I get here. I moved here in, like, Labor Day 2012. First day meeting with my boss, he's like, you want to run the Houston half marathon? I'm like, um, I mean, I haven't run in like three months, but yeah, sure. Whatever. It's fine. Well, September is basically high summer here. And yeah. so I'd never run in weather like that. And I couldn't make it two laps of Memorial Park without stopping. And then race day was like 44 degrees. It was great. Perfect weather. It really I always is. tell people like 45, 50 is perfect. Not too cold, not too hot. It's perfect running weather. It really is. All right, talk to me about Cancun. Did you run the Rock and Roll <laughs> Half Marathon there, and how did you pick that? I don't know that I so, can run in Mexico. <laughs> so the I have so many fond memories about Cancun. <laughs> can you talk about them in, on this I'm, podcast? Yeah, I'm not going to go into detail about <laughs> about most of it, but um, the Rock and Roll Cancun was the inaugural Cancun. Okay. And so it was the very first um, Rock and Roll uh, half marathon there. So we was like, hey, you know, this could be a, a great runcation. Uh-huh. You know, everybody had just um, got done with uh, the Houston half. People were still involved, you know, still wanted to go and run. And uh-huh. so... Honestly, it was just like, hey, let's get a group of people. Let's go have a runcation and let's just go out there and run it. Like, let's not even race it. Okay. And so that's literally how it came up, came about. It was just like, hey, let's go on a runcation. Let's, you know, get a big Airbnb. People that we know, everybody just chip in and let's go run. So the, 
Well, so how many of you were there? Oh, man. Um, Roughly. Ten-ish. Okay. Yeah, 10 or 11 11 of us. Mm -hmm. And it was some people from, you know, just the the running community um, from different groups and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody was like, yeah, great idea. Let's go. So what was race day like? Is it set up like a normal race? Is it like a 7 a.m. start time? What was the weather like? Oh, man. So we, we, um, (laughs) the weather was beautiful, but we, it was a night run. And that's where we messed up at is because it's a night run. We were like, hey, let's go out and get some lunch. After we get lunch, we'll go out to the race event. And this, I think the the race event started at five, but the race didn't start until like seven, I believe. Oh, so like the 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 event started at five. You know, they have the concerts and the vendors and everything. Right. But then we actually started at seven. So we gauged it all wrong. We went and ate lunch, and then we walked uh, like a mile and a half in the heat, dehydrated to the race area which was a a baseball stadium okay and so we had to wait two hours before we even started and we're (laughs) we had just ate we were dehydrated we were just sitting around literally in the heat before the race even started but when the race started you know the sun started going down and the course literally started um in downtown cancun Mm -hmm. But then it, it goes to hotel zone. So okay. if you've ever been to Cancun, you know, all the hotels are on the beach. So you literally do like an out and back. Mm-hmm. So it was six and a half or seven out. Um, you didn't really see the beach. You saw some of the bay and then you turned around. And it's it's just like a regular rock and roll. They have bands okay. and concerts going on while you're running. So it was, it was a good race. Um, and we had a friend out there that decided at the last minute, hey, I want to be you know, I want to go out and run the fool. I'm like, oh dear. Cool. we'll support you. You go ahead. You go right ahead, but I'm going to run this half. <laughs> exactly. And so that's another thing, you know, we ended up waiting um, for him to get done. Uh-huh. Oh, and no. so, yeah, it's, remember, you know, the race started at seven, you know, I think I ran it in like two hours or something like that. It was just a fun run. 156, and, in case you're wondering. Uh, I'll take it. <laughs> Under two. I'm good. Uh, and so we had to wait for him and the whole city shut down. And so we're like, how are we getting back to the Airbnb? Oh, no. <laughs> like the race is done. Um, we got our medals. How are we getting back? And the Airbnb is like four or five miles away. And we're hungry. So we literally like got on the bus, went to Chili's. It's like <laughs> one one o'clock in the morning and, and half of the group has to go back that day. Oh no. At like seven o'clock in the morning. Oh. So I'm like, y'all might as well just stay up. Right. Like, can't go. <laughs> <just> sleep. <laughs> can't come sleep on a plane. So it, it was fun. It was, it was the first rock and roll in Cancun and I hope they do it again because the medals that they give you, you get two and the second medal spells out Cancun. So you oh, get okay. one letter for every race that's in Cancun. Oh, I think I've seen that. Okay. I didn't know it was yeah, for that so, event. Okay. So, well, that was my next question was, would you go back? Oh, definitely. <laughs> but oh, only definitely. for a fun run. If anybody knows me, I love Mexico. I've been 25 times. I will definitely go back to Cancun or any part of Mexico for any race. Okay. I just, I just love the culture out there. I love Mexico. It's, it, I'm probably going to retire from Mexico. Okay, maybe just work on your timing a little bit for next time. Yes. (laughs) Well, so that was at the end of December 2019. So now it's January 2020, and you are going to run your first marathon. What made you jump from halves to run a full? Um, Just kind of like going up the ladder. I'm like, look, I done ran – bunch of halves it's time to run a full and what better full marathon than chevron it's in my own city it's right here i know most of the area that is going in and that'll be my first about full marathon and i'm like well i'm gonna sign up let's go so 
what did your training look like for that? Did you again have like? Yeah, so I was on a at the time being I was on an eighteen okay. or sixteen week something training plan. I don't remember how many weeks it was, but I was on the actual training plan. Okay. Um, in the midst of that training plan, I injured myself again with runner's knee because again I I don't stretch. Hey, I have a planner. <laughs> And so that was the only hiccup in my training plan, okay. you know, doing, doing the miles wasn't, wasn't a real issue. Um, most of the long runs I was doing heart rate training. I'm a firm believer in heart rate training, love okay. heart rate training, you know, run slow to race fast. Right. Firm believer in that. Mm-hmm. That helped me tremendously. Um, so I was on a training plan and yeah, Houston was, was amazing until I got to like mile 18. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my God. All right. Well, so what did, I mean, you obviously knew what to expect as far as just the atmosphere for the race, but what, um, what was your longest training run heading in? Did you hit 20? Yeah. My my longest run was 20 miles. Okay. So I actually did that in Sugarland with a Texas running company. Oh, nice. Great people down there. Um, but so like on the day you wake up for the marathon, like, what did you expect and what actually happened? Um, man, I expected <laughs> to go out there and just, you know, crush it. You know, the only thing that really hindered my training was, you know, me not stretching in the runner's knee, but I was prepared. I was, you know, my nutrition was on point. Mm-hmm. I was hydrating. Um, the expectation was to go out there and run a 340. Okay. Um, I started with the 340 group, pace group, mm-hmm. all the way until I got to about the Galleria area. Okay. The bridge tore me up. The West Park Bridge tore me up. That is and where, that's I, that's where I was. Yeah. That, 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 that bridge killed me. And so I was actually helping pace up until that bridge, right okay. around – I want to say like the nine mile, I, w- I knew the pacer for the 340 group. So he helped me. I, I was helping pace that group. Uh-huh. And then right when I got to the bridge, I was like, I, I, I got to slow down. I got to slow this down a little bit. Like, you know, the 340 group is like an 830 or something. Yeah, something eight, like that. Whatever it is. Maybe 820, 832? Yes. Yeah, something, something around that range. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm like, hey, you got to take this pacing back. I fall at the very behind of that group and get to the Galleria. And that's where I started cramping. Oh. And I'm like, this is the worst place that I could cramp because I know when I get into Tanglewood, there's nobody in Tanglewood. There might be a few chair groups here and there. Right. But as soon as you get into Tanglewood, it like just dies. Right. And I'm like, this is the worst place that this could happen. And so that's where I think I hit the wall is right around the 16 mile mark, 17 mile mark. And from that point on, it was literally run, jog, walk, literally all the way to 26 miles, mm. literally run, jog, walk, because I kept cramping up. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think where I failed at was I didn't have enough nutrition with me on the course. Okay. And so at that point, it was just like, you know, what? I'm just going to finish. Like, I'm not going to try and go for any time. Tried for 340, prepared for 340, didn't happen, whatever. I'm going to finish this. Right. And then right around, like, mile 20, <laughs> I don't know if I can say this, sure but can. I end up pissing blood at mile 20 oh, because I was dehydrated. Oof. And... It sucked from there on. Yeah. It was just, I hit every aid station. Yeah. I hit every water stop. I And I, I don't drink, so I wasn't hitting no beers on Memorial like everybody. I don't know day. who does that, but I didn't. <laughs> I would have thrown up everywhere. I know a few runners that hit that Mikulo or whatever it is. Yeah, right it's Mikulo Vulture. And so from there on out, it was... From mile 20, from there on out, it was, just, it was just run, walk, run, walk, run, walk, jog. And then I crossed it like 430 or whatever it is. And I literally gave out and actually ran into the gate at the finish line because <laughs> my calves locked up. Oh, no. 
And then they tried to bring me a wheelchair and I'm like, no, nah, I'm too prideful for this. Get the wheelchair away from me. I'm going to hold on to this gate till this, these cramps go away. Cramps went away. And then, you know, that was it. But, uh, it was a good experience. I, I wouldn't want it to happen any other way because now I know what I got to do for my next, you know, nutrition, hydration, more nutrition on the court, on, on the course. And, uh, probably carry a lot more with me this time. <laughs> so do you have another race in mind or play it by ear and see how you feel depending on what happens? So I was supposed to run uh, Chicago last year with okay. the Pat Tillman Foundation. Mm -hmm. um, that didn't go out to play. I didn't want to, one, I wasn't prepared. Two, um, you know, the whole COVID thing, I was just like, it's not going to be the same. So I'm like, okay, I'll just post on that. Um, but I do plan to run um, Chicago. Um, the only thing is I have to make sure that I can, you know, get back into the Pat Tillman Foundation. With being in the military and being in the Army, that's one of the organizations that I want to help support. Mm -hmm. um, the Pat Tillman Foundation is a, a wonderful foundation that supports uh, wounded veterans with schooling, clothes, housing, a bunch of other stuff. Um, but Chicago is on my radar. Um, right now, I'm just running uh, Woodlands Half. That's okay. coming up in March, so in two weeks. Um, and I'm just doing out there just to get back into the half marathon and to help support Tony with BMR. Um, but I'm really looking forward to Woodlands. I heard, you know, it's a great course. Um, but outside of all that, Chicago, I'm really thinking about doing Chicago. Okay. Um, skipping back to after the marathon, you did one more race. There was another race in, in early February, with the hot chocolate. And then <clears throat> now it's, I mean, it's 2020, the world shuts down. What did that do to your running? Did it help? Did it hurt? Did you give up? Did you run more? Um, I would say it hurt. Because the the you know with races shutting down, mm -hmm. there's really nothing to train for. Exactly. There's really nothing to look forward to. Mm -hmm. um, was I still running? Of course, you know I would run three or four miles and be like, "Hey, I'm done." Right. You know, there was no long runs. I right. think maybe the longest run I've ever did from when the world shut down to just about I want to say maybe December or October or whatever. Um, was maybe like seven miles. That was it. And so there was no motivation. Mm -hmm. um, there was no like do a virtual race because I'm not doing anything virtual. I did um, a virtual half with some of the guys for their, uh, the Houston Chevron. You know, okay. um, they had the, the virtual half and whatnot. I didn't sign up for it, but I was just like, hey, I'll go out there and run with you guys. Right. Why not? Right. Um, but outside of that, it was just like, it was, there was no motivation. There was nothing to look forward to. So mm -hmm. it was just like, I'm just going to maintain right now. Right. And let's hope the world get back to normal <laughs> and the races start coming back up. And so that's one thing that, you know, I had major FOMO on was, you know, Chevron. Because Chevron happened. It was a live race. I was on the course and I'm looking at all my friends and I'm like, damn, like, I wish I was out here. I wish I would have signed up. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have ran, regardless of training or whatever. You know, even if it was going to be a run, walk, jog, roll, whatever, <laughs> to the finish line, <laughs> I just wanted to be out there. But it was great, you know, just to be out on the course and cheering on friends and people that, you know, trained up to Chevron, people right. that signed up for it. It was just great, great to be on the course. But now that the world is opening back up, quote-unquote, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, signing back up for a race is the most motivating thing because you can kind of gauge for that race, right? Mm -hmm. You can say, okay, I'm going to run Chicago. Okay, what's 18 weeks out from that? I'm going to start my training on right. this, and I'm going to follow this training plan up until Chicago or whatever race. Mm -hmm. So you come back. So the world does open back up. So you did run the Houston Half again 2021. So the October mm -hmm. race, um, what was your experience like there? Were you, I mean, that's, that was coming out of Delta. So, but it was slowing down. Mm -hmm. I was there. It was a lot of people. 
And I'm not sure that they did. I don't remember them doing anything special. Um, but I was mostly comfortable with how they did it. Yeah, um, it was it was actually good to get back out there and actually right. be in a live race. Right. You know? Yeah, that was what I appreciated the most. Yeah, definitely. So shout out to the Striders and, and the Houston half because I think Houston needed that. Yes. The run community really needed that. Mm-hmm. You know, I know a lot of people in the run community and it was just, you know, oh, I'm just running here or there or I'm not signed up for this. And I think Houston half brought back a lot of people's motivation to get back out there to start running again, to start training, you know, even, you know, the Houston half is like a training run for the Houston Chevron. So, you know, that helped a lot of people continue doing Chevron. Right. I know a lot of people that, that lost motivation to run Chevron. And then there was a lot of people that gained a lot of motivation from Houston half to, to, to run Chevron. So, um, my experience was good. I mean, I just went out there just to run it, Uh you know, I didn't train for it. (laughs) Um, and it's crazy because, I actually signed up for that race at the expo because <laughs> BMR guys were there and they was like, man, you're not running, man. You're not running. I was like, no, nah, man, I'm just, you know, I'm just not, I haven't trained. I haven't did this, that, and other. And I'm just like, no, nah, I'm not going to run it. And then I want to say half of the BMR showed up and was like, man, you're not running. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to sign up. And literally I signed up that Saturday <laughs> before the race on Sunday which I'm glad I did because it was just being out there that made me be, you know, get more motivated to, you know, get back into actually training, actually looking up races and actually getting back out there. So I love that. The the Houston half. I love that race. It was really motivating to be out there. Well, so you meant like you're part of BMR, you're part of, I mean, overall you're generally relatively well-known in the Houston running community. What other, groups do you run with? Do you run with other social groups? Like, um, for the most part it's, it's mostly so, uh, social groups. Um, for a good point in time, I was running with run on over mm-hmm. here in, in river Oaks. Um, Tuesday, there's a group. Um, it's not like an official group, but salsa Tuesdays, you know, is a good group of people that all run around the Houston community from different groups. Okay. Um, freaks Friday, of course, um, I've been to Kung Fu a couple times. Uh, of course, BMR on Saturdays. So I'm, it's not that I'm tailored to like one group. I kind of like go and visit all of them. Bounce around. You know, it gets, yeah, I bounce around all over. But um, as far as like affiliations, you know, BMR, co-captain of BMR. So, but I, I, it doesn't matter what group there is. Uh, I've done, ran with Sugarland running group, Cypress running group, um, I would have been all over the place, honestly. <laughs> hey, whatever works. Got to get you running yeah. somehow. All right. Definitely. We are winding down. A few more questions. Um, awesome. Where is your favorite place to run in Houston? Ooh, favorite place to run in Houston. Um, man, that's a tough question. <laughs> it's an easy question, but it's a tough question. Um, honestly, I'd probably say Terry Hershey. Okay. I like it out there. Um, I don't get out there much anymore, though. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't go as often as I as I would love to. Um, but yeah, Terry Hershey. Okay. It, it, it's nice. Hey, you know, you can get some hills in. Um, it's not overly crowded like Memorial or you know, the Bayou or even right. White Oak. White Oak has tons of bikers now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Terry Hersey is nice. I think it would be Terry Hersey. Okay. Um, outside of Cancun, <laughs> are there any, and Chicago, are there any bucket list races that you want to run? What are your bucket lists look like? Um, you know, this, this is actually outside of a marathon. I want to run Moab. For some reason, okay. For some reason, I'm just like drawn to that race. I don't know why. I've I've studied that race. I know it's in June or whatever, in the hottest month on the hottest day in the hottest desert or some crap like that. <laughs> um, but that's actually one of the races I was looking at when I had really first started running. Mm-hmm. Um, because I want to do an Ironman, but then I said, I'm not doing an Ironman because I can't swim to save my life. <laughs> um, so I was like, I'm not doing that. And 
scratch that off my idea, but I can run. <laughs> so um, Moab was on my list. So it, it was literally, and this is something like down the line, down the line. It would probably be Moab. Okay. Um, thinking back to all of the running you've done, doesn't need to be a race, training, fun runs, whatever. What is your best favorite running experience that you've had? Um, it'd have to be Chevron. Okay. My very first. Yeah, it, it, would, it would have to be Chevron because that, that race literally showed me how much gut I have to start and finish something. With the long weeks of training, the no social life, the <laughs> determination to actually run 26 miles. Like, mm-hmm. people don't understand. Like, running 26 miles, you're literally, your body is not supposed to run 26 miles. And if people knew the history of the marathon and where it came from, the very first person that ran a marathon died when he right. got to marathon. Right. <laughs> I know. It's insane. So, it's insane, you know, and, and, you know, if it was easy, a lot more people would be doing it. Exactly. And so Chevron definitely showed me a lot about myself. And that's why I'm, I'm so eager to get back out there and actually run another full because I know what I have to do now. Mm-hmm. And so I know that whatever I do, if it's Chicago, if it's another Chevron, whatever, whatever marathon it is, I know how to prepare for it a lot better. So I know that I'm going to PR Okay. The only way I don't PR is if I fall and roll down a hill or, you know, something crazy right. just happens out of the blue, you know, um, because I'm going to be way more prepared than what I was for the first Chevron. Okay. Um, same vein. Can you think of anything like, I don't want to say what, what's your worst running experience, but has anything crazy ever happened to you on the run? Like I've had people say, I got lost in Kenya or I broke my foot or so has anything... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got I get crazy stories. Oh man. Um honestly, no. There's not Good. been one race. <laughs> yeah, there's not been one race or one situation during a race that I've experienced and I hope to keep it that way. I hope I don't break my foot or you know, trip down a hill or whatever <laughs> you know, crazy stories you might have heard. I, I hope I keep a clean slate. All no, right. No, nothing crazy. That is a good goal. Um, <laughs> if you could run with anyone, living, dead, cartoon, character, whatever, who would it be and how far would you go? Oh, it'd definitely be Elliot Kishogi. Definitely. <laughs> how far would you go? Um, if, if you can run whatever he can run, how far would you go? Um, probably a half marathon. Okay. Yeah, probably a half marathon. I mean, they, you know, like watching all his documentaries mm-hmm. and like studying and watching Breaking Two and just understanding like how he goes into a marathon and understanding the team behind it because mm-hmm. it literally takes a team. It literally takes support in order to achieve the greatness that he's achieved. Like right. he, he has, he, he doesn't do that by himself. Right. And that's, that's what I like about the running community here is because there's so much support, regardless if you're trying to do a, a sub three or if you're trying to break 430 or five, there's just so much support. And people, I think a lot of people understand that here. It doesn't matter what your what your goal is, you know, just having that support. But it would definitely be Elliot. Like, I've been watching him for the longest and his, the, his mind frame and his mind power on achieving everything that he's achieved. Mm-hmm. Is amazing. That break I was definitely crazy. Oh man, I've done watch that thing like twenty times. It's it's amazing to see, you know, somebody of that caliber go through that and literally break two hours. Mm -hmm. Like that's unheard of. Mm -hmm. Not anymore. (laughs) So yeah, not anymore. All right, last question. Thinking back to when you got started, how you got started, and how far you've come since then. Why do you keep going? Why do you run? Um, honestly, it's, it's, it's for my health and my mental health. Um, there were times where, you know, I wasn't running through the whole COVID stuff and I just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of benefits to running, not just, you know, physical health. There's a lot of benefits to mental health. And with everything that's going on in the world, you know, the world is forever changing. There are stresses from 
you know, regular day-to-day activities, life, work, family. There is a lot of things that we're faced with every day, every week, every month. And that running is literally an outlet for me. And like I said earlier, like if it wasn't for running, I'd probably be dead right now because I was literally killing myself with what I was doing, with how I was eating, with how I was working out. Like running has literally changed my life. And so I think just with everything that we deal with on a regular basis, um, if for whatever reason I can't run, I just don't feel right. It's like that, it's like that niche that's missing. You know, if I have a train run and I miss it, I feel like there's something majorly wrong. <laughs> there's a void missing. It's kind of like, you know, uh, you know, leaving your wallet at home or not putting <laughs> on your watch that you've been doing all your life. Mm-hmm. And then you don't do it. And it's just like something that is out of place. So despite everything, I, I think, you know, um, running has definitely saved my life and changed my life for the better. And I want to continue to keep doing it until I can't no more. <laughs> Good answer. All right, Jay. I really appreciate your time tonight. Thank you so much for sharing your story with me. Uh, again, I, I appreciate you uh, having me on. I uh, listen to every podcast you put out and uh, appreciate you for having me. Thank you. Anytime. As always, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Runners of Hugh. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or however your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, Please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.